Hello and welcome to Switch It. Did you know that England are 50 over world champions? Yes, that's right, still got the trophy for four more years. Why bring it up, I hear you ask. Oh, no reason. Anyway, the ashes have started, so we'd best talk about that. Today I'm joined in the studio by Mark Butcher and Osman Samidin, and we'll also hear from Dan Bretick over the phone as we dissect Australia's sacking of Fortress Edgbaston in the first test. Not for 18 years had Australia won in Birmingham, not for 18 years have Australia won the Ashes over here in England. Butch, is this an omen? Um, it's a horrible one, actually. Yeah. Uh, listen, first morning, first sort of, well, first three quarters of day one, you just thought, well, it's, it's normal service resumed. The, um, the, the Alka-Seltzers have kicked in, the hangover is gone, <laughs> and England are just going to steamroller Australia at Edgbaston, same as it ever was. Well, actually, not the same as it ever was last time I played in the Test Match at Edgbaston. <laughs> they were the ones doing the steamrollering, but we can, we can gloss over that. <laughs> yeah, um, that, that was the last time they lost it. That was the last time. Um, and then, You're a survivor. I, and the, well, yeah, I'm still here. You know, I, I had a good game, actually, to be fair. But anyway, <laughs> I digress. I digress. Um, uh, and then a thing called Steve Smith happened, mm. and uh, uh, England were playing with ten men, mm. um, and you know the inevitable occurred in the end, which was that um, we couldn't get Smith out the second time round um, with without a spin bowler um, who could land the ball on the on on a, on a wearing pitch, um, and from there on in it was kind of it was inevitable that we were going to lose the match. It was just a question of how by how many. Mm. Um, and uh, and in the end, it turned out to be an extremely healthy 251 run lead. The real, I guess, the the, the most shocking thing um, about it is not the fact that that, that England were, were so heavily outplayed and sort of collapsed on the last day. Because let's face it, we've seen plenty of that um, collapsing on any day of Test matches in, in recent <laughs> times. Um, you weren't you weren't putting a, a cheeky uh, <laughs> uh, five pence on them uh, batting out the day to save the oh, test. Hell no. <laughs> no, you wouldn't put that on no. any side. To be fair, no. England, you wouldn't put that on any side in modern day cricket. True like enough. no side, nine sides out of ten would have would have been out before tea, um, in that situation. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's Australia, just the way it is. I guess the thing we don't we didn't expect was that Australia's quicks would yep. would out bowl yep. England's by to quite the extent that they did, particularly in terms of accuracy. Pitch was pretty docile in terms of the mm. in terms of the seamers, but just being able to repeat um, line length time after time, Australia did it so much better than we were able to. Um, no surprise that Nathan Lyon has shown himself to be a better bowler than Moeen Ali because he is. You know, there's, yep. there's there's no disgrace in that. He is a much better spin bowler than mm. uh, than uh, than Mo. Um, and also, no surprise really that the the sort of the, the jumble, the muddle um, at the top of the order, um, you know, didn't really. Rory, Rory Burns, yes, he was he was in the team. He was always going to play as an opener. But um, having Joe Denley in the position normally reserved for the best batsman in the side, um, okay, I don't know why. I don't know why anybody <laughs> thought that that was fill a good. Fill in the blanks. Well, yeah, fill in the blanks. I mean, it's kind of it's a problem that, is, it, that 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 will now raise its head. I presume that England are going to play the same top four because I mm. cannot I cannot see how um, uh, having well, the having track record is of not playing the same. Well, top no, three, but of, of, have, of, yes. of having yeah, gone we've, we've of, we've of having this, gone yeah. into <laughs> of, of having gone into the test match, having made such yeah. a bold decision. You can't turn round and say, "Well, actually, we were we were not. It was complete nonsense and change it after the first one, even though they should never have done it in the first place." Mm. As you heard here on the last switch hit, <laughs> um, so that the problem has been saved up for later, probably the third test. 
<laughs> with but, but well with the series can I, can I slipping out of sight. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yes, we'll, we'll we'll get back into into all that uh, old Groundhog Day stuff. Um, but Osman, uh, central uh, to the to the turnaround in um, in this game, Australia were 122 for eight on the right. first day. Right. Uh, was Stephen Smith who produced a comeback that even the East Enders scriptwriters might ah. have considered a bit much. Um, Good East Enders reference. <laughs> well, I thought you'd like that one. No, you know, uh, Omnibus from... on Sundays. I'm there. <laughs> um, where does this leave the redemption narrative? You know what? I, I'm <laughs> going to be so cynical. And from the minute that they got those bands, and from the minute that Cricket Australia gave them those really hardcore bands, which, I mean, I'm sorry, ball tampering, give them a couple of matches like the ICC did. You don't put them out for a year. You know, in ball tampering, you put people out for a year for ball tampering, Pakistan would never have had a bowling attack to like begin with. You know, they'd be like bowling, opening the bowling with Javid Mirad or something. So well, I thought yeah, that was hard. He, he'd have had a go at it too. Let's let's well, face it. Let's put it. I mean, it's ball tampering. Yeah, well. he, he was right there yeah. doing it half the time. But um, you know, so the minute they started that, and I was chatting to friends when it happened, and you knew that they're going to script out this redemption narrative so perfectly. Um, you know, they're going to give him those media opportunities as you get closer to the time of his return. He's going to start playing in leagues here and there so that it becomes kind of normalized that he's coming back. The only thing was whether he would actually come back as the batch, because that's what completes the, the narrative, that he remains the genius that he was before he went. And that is all him. I mean, him coming back and doing what he did. You know, the second inning century was, was a good one because of the pressure it came under, but that first inning century, even... And I think England should be making a bigger deal of the fact that Anderson, you know, you're, mm. you're playing, like you said, you're playing with 10, nine and a half men, effectively, <laughs> given what Anderson's done, you know, for England over the years. So that was a big, big blow. And to, to be expected to win a test match, having lost him, I thought was a bit much. But for him to play that innings in the first innings, I mean, it was just insane. Um, it, I, I just, <laughs> every time you watch him bat, and, you know, but you, you I mean, you've played the game, but... Every time you watch him bat, you feel like there must be such an easy way to just get him out every time he does come out to the crease. And there isn't. There is. There really is no... I mean, I can't find a way. I, I saw him, I think, um, when I went to Australia in 09-10 on that famous tour when Pakistan lost that test to Sydney. Mm. He had just been called oh. up to the Australian side. Um, and he was bowling. So he was still a leg spinner then. Yeah, yeah. And I saw him in the nets at the MCG. Nathan Horitz was the Australian. That's right. right. And he won a test for, mm-hmm. for Australia against Pakistan because, you know, that's what Pakistan do. But <laughs> so, so Steve Smith was bowling in the nets. Um, and I kid you not, I remember to this day, he was bowling like filthy, like Moin Ali's moon balls. This is like a different level. Steve Smith was bowling balls higher than that. <laughs> he was throwing them out the MCG nets. You know, he was that bad. And Bryden Coverdale, who was with us, you know, at that time, was standing next to me. And I said, Bryden, what, like, is this some, like, school kit that they brought up? And he's like, no, that's the next Shane Warren. <laughs> I was like, you've got to be kidding me. You can't land a ball on the turf. <laughs> um, and then for him to be now what he is, uh, it's just insane. I mean, he is, you know, uh, for him to come back a year later and do what he did, um, how do you get him out? I, I don't the, know how you get him out, even is, though he looks so get-outable. He's the rain man of batting. That's how I describe it. That's it's kind of like you throw, a, you pose any problem at him, yeah, and he just has the answer to it. And he does it in a way where you just think, "Well, that's just that you, you're, you're joking, <laughs> that's just you're wrong. joking, surely." And oh, sure enough, it's it's fine and and, and safe as houses. Um, how do you get him out? Well, listen, the, the only thing, obviously, there are a lot of, lot of number crunching goes on, no, no, etc. No. And you know, the left arm spin seems to be the thing that, mm. that, that he averages sort of 20 less than everybody yeah, yeah, else. Yeah. Still a reasonably healthy 34. I mean, that's what I managed my entire career. So, um, <laughs> that's a good know, <laughs> so, so 34 against left arm spin. So you would imagine that England would be looking at 
Jack Leach, Leach I guess, seriously. Yeah. Yeah. Be, for, but, for, and I, I put it this way. When Jardine decided he had a Bradman problem, he decided to go, you mm. know, he decided to base a bowling attack that was entirely based around trying to stop this yep. one guy. Yep. If England do not stop Steve Smith, then the ashes are done. And so if, if the numbers are pointing to the fact that it's left arm spin, then you find the best one we've got and you play him and you bowl him at him. Now, I've got some theories as to why left arm spin has been very successful against him. It is basically all of the angles and all of the weird things that mm. you think, well, you can't do that as a batsman. You can't play front on. You can't pick the bat up towards point. Yeah, yeah. All those types of things. The one thing that left arm spin does, those angles, bowling left arm around the, the wicket, He's letting go of the ball from very, very wide in the crease yeah. with an angle that is coming in towards leg stump with the potential for the ball to then turn Don't back we, away uh, again. Okay, yeah. So if you match up all of Steve Smith's sort of offside, mm. wandering across, yeah. face on, back coming from gully um, angles against the ball that is coming in almost completely like the opposite yeah. way and doing yeah. the opposite thing, you then create a, a problem. You create an okay. issue that so far he has been able to negate with against any other against type of anything, yeah, yeah. Now, listen, I'm not saying that that is you know, it's foolproof. <laughs> well, Bradman still made three hundreds, didn't he, in the in the bottom series? Still or averaged over but they, but they did knock him right? over a couple of times yeah. for North and England yeah. won. Okay, so what I'm saying is, is that if you you have a problem <laughs> like Steve Smith, like the Rain Man of batting that is Steve Smith, you have to come up. You go, okay, statistically, and um, scientifically almost. Yeah. Um, yeah. This is our best chance, and you kind of make that your strategy around him, and you also get your seam bowlers to bowl a bit better than the, the, you know mm. to bowl tighter mm. than they have yeah. done. Yeah. Um, and, and I think you know. I think you give yourselves a chance then. Um, you know, Australia's batting lineup as a whole now has, has gained in confidence. Yeah, like you would not believe. Absolutely. You know, Wade making that hundred in the second innings. Um, He's been in good form though, hasn't he? He has. He yeah, absolutely, on, absolutely. But that, the, yeah. ashes, the ashes is the ashes. You know? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, What's Bill Duffnell doing these days? Free for a ball. I was listening to him on the radio. <laughs> um, but uh, you know, it's uh, so you kind of have to look at it in terms of that. Okay, Steve Smith is a huge, huge problem. Because he just, just there is no there's no answer there's no logical explanation for why mm. he is so good against everything else so there's an outlier there it is left arm spin Moeen is is struggling in terms of um, mm. form and confidence I mean just look he looks shot to bits yeah, um, yeah. And, he know, said it as well didn't he in his, yeah. in his column I think before the test he said that my confidence not with, is at its not withstanding you know everything that he's done in previously and how successful he's been to get yeah, you know, for yeah, England at home and all of those things we take the, take them all on board. But at the minute, he just looks like a shadow of a man. And, you know, from what I've seen from the, from the pitches, um, uh, we'll put an explainer around this. No, uh, no offence meant to any um, sensitive grounds people. <laughs> what we've seen from the, from the pitches this summer is that they've been excessively dry. Yeah. Um, the Lord's decks, for example. I mean, the Lord's pitch for the final was, was atrocious. Um, it was green on top. They had to no leave air it. quotes around no, that. No, no, no air quotes. <laughs> it was atrocious. It was a horrific... We won the World Cup. I'm very happy we won the World Cup. Great but game. It was a great game. <laughs> Not so great atrocious game. pitch. And, but, and there was another one that I saw, saw three like it. Good to get like another World it. Cup mentioned in there, by the way. <laughs> saw yeah, three, yeah. <laughs> saw three, it. three others like it in the tournament, um, in, the, you know, in the period whereby we hadn't had a lot of rain. You know, there was that period yeah, where it yeah, rained yeah. a lot, but then, then, then after that, there wasn't any. Um, and so what we're getting is, is that they're having to leave grass on it just to stop it from being unbelievably dry right from the okay, very off. Okay. So you get a little bit of sideways mm. movement from the greenness, but underneath the pitch is like a, you know, it's like a, uh, a, a digestive. And eventually it's going to crack and crumble. So, okay. um, you know, Australia's bowling attack under those circumstances. Whilst both batting lineups would probably find it difficult to bat first yeah, time round, yeah, Australia's bowling attack under those circumstances is better bec- at the moment 
Yeah. Because right. they're used to bowling on pitches where they're not relying on sideways movement for the quicks. Yeah, and and Nathan Lyon is, you know, yeah. Nathan Lyon is possibly the best finger spinner in the world right now. Give or take a Ravi Ashwin. But Give yeah. or take a Ravi Ashwin. Yeah. But even, away you know, from home, yeah, you're right. Away from home, Lyon's record listen, is better. Yeah, I, think, I mean, so. yeah. La- uh, so Lyon outbowled Ashwin in, yeah. in the India in series yeah, in yeah. India. Yeah. That India won, yeah. admittedly. And in Australia. And, and in Australia, yeah. that Australia won. Uh, that India won again, sorry. But 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 Lyon yeah, was the better shout. of the yeah. two spinners out there. Completely. So I, I think when you put the two of them together head to head, Lyon is better than, than Ashwin. Fair shout. There, there had been some talk before the final innings, <coughs> uh, Edgbaston, about how uh, that fourth innings bowling was Lyon's apparent weakness. But um, that, that yeah. 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 six for seemed to I mean, put that argument. He to looked. Bed. He looked. I don't know. The, like the minute he came on, I, and the target was massive. There was no way. There was only going to be an Australia win or a draw in that. Mm. But he looked like he would do it this yeah. time. The minute he came on, yeah. I mean, he was a bit iffy on that on that final fourth more, uh, fourth afternoon. Fourth evening when he came on, but from the fifth day onwards, With the new ball, yeah, uh, yeah. When when the fifth day began, you just he looked like and and you know he's I think he said or somebody else said on commentary that once the Pacers had gotten a couple of early wickets, then yeah. I mean then you just That's opening the it up perfect for him, time for yeah, exactly. I mean, look, the the other thing is is again you're going back to the surfaces. If if the games last, the games last for four days, four and a half days, given the way that we saw them sort of get worse in in fifty over cricket. Right, so mm. the pitch lasts four days, um, at you know at Lords, and we get decent decent weather, etc. Then you are going to see craters, the likes of which there were that are Edgbaston and bowling and batting against spin um, for whichever team in the final innings is going to be hard work. It's going to be really yeah. hard work because that you know they really are that there are huge huge footmarks. Those beautiful aerial shots that we were getting from drones or whatever from um, from the from the sky cameras mm. and whatever the footage just showed you just how much. Mess there was on the surface. Yeah. So um, you know, batting last in this in this uh, in this series is not going to be straightforward. Um, before we before we try to move on from Smith, I don't think we we'll be able to do that all series. But I mean, he he now has ten Ashes hundreds uh, behind only Bradman uh, and Jack Hobbs. Mm. His last ten innings against England uh, read like an extravagant takeaway order. I'll have a one four three, a one four one, not out, a forty, a six, a two three nine, seventy six, a one o two, not out, uh, eighty three, hundred and forty four, and a hundred and forty two. Um, Twin peaks in this game. First time he's done that uh, in tests. Only one double. Um, there's, there's his weakness. <laughs> Just the one double. There's <laughs> uh, uh, almost a Lynchian quality about watching him. Uh, weirdly compelling. Uh, almost impossible to decipher. But uh, I don't know if you saw that Nasu Hussain's interview with um, Smith Butch during uh, for Sky during the the test, mm. and uh, and how much of this was known before. But the level of kind of um, neurosis almost that Smith's batting mm. involves, to the extent of taping is. Um, shoelaces to his socks so they don't appear under his pads <laughs> so he doesn't see them when he looks down and taps his bat and uh, we've Sorry, seen, it, the, we've the, seen oh, can I go back to the Rain Man description <laughs> well, I, 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 exa- exactly but the, the point I want to make is that um, we've seen other players with these kinds of foibles like Jordan yeah. Trot for instance but the kind of the mental pressure and the load that that seems to uh, bring to bear doesn't appear to affect Smith in the same way. He seems to just go out there and do it, no. despite having to have everything in the right no, place. Well, no. his, his, All his cuffs and collars and his description at the end of, you know, I love I love playing cricket in the UK. 
I love, you know, I love Ashes cricket. I love all this kind of stuff. It's been like Christmas Day every day. Mm. Now, Jonathan Trott would never ever have described playing batting <laughs> in those glowing terms, even when he was playing <laughs> at his absolute <laughs> best. Right? This is a man who absolutely, it's his entire life, his entire oh, um, raison right. d'etre is to be out there batting. He loves it more than I think I've ever seen anybody love batting. Um, and, you know, that's a problem. That's a huge problem for, for the opposition because mm. he's got so many, so many competing... Um, uh, not they're not competing. He's got so many compelling reasons to, uh, to to sort of want to be out there forever. I mean, he's just had a, a year of his career wiped out. No. Um, he's got you know a, a crowd crowds everywhere that are going to kind of boo him and remind him of his of his um, his misdemeanors and whatever. I don't and think he, he even hears them when he's no, out no. There, but yeah. but it, but, he, but if he does, it's kind of it's not something that puts him off. It's yeah, something that drives yeah. him on. You know, yeah. all of these things are compelling him to stay yeah. out in the middle for as long as he possibly can. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And so we're going to have to watch him back forever. <laughs> <laughs> I think they say about him, though, don't they, in Australia, that he is like he is just cricket. There's, mm. and it, it's unhealthy. But I, I think this, but this not narrative, for him. but it not isn't for him. For him. Yeah, absolutely. But this no. came out when he was when mm. he was banned, yeah. and when all this happened, they they feared what what you know about what would happen to him yeah. when you took away the one thing that he kind of exists for. And he went off. to New York and sat in bars and had, had and he looks sad, beer. right? And he looks sad he having looks a beer sad, and but stuff. But he, you know, he wandered um, around and read read hands. Well, and this is the thing. I mean, he is so like completely that that is his bubble. Mm. That's all it is. It's just batting, 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 batting. It's just like, uh, you know, what, what are you going to do after he retires from the game? Jeez, man. I mean, well, but it is, clearly the only thing to do is to actually take his lace out while he's batting. He's gotta, he's he's gotta for one of those short leg fielders to come in and pull his lace out one of from underneath the tape and see if he can... hooks or something. Yeah. I think I remember my grandma used to, she used to do a lot of knitting. They had one that had a little crook on the end. <laughs> just pull it out. <laughs> Show it to the umpire first, obviously, so he knows that you haven't done anything out of the way. Just pull it out. Say, oh, look, your lace is out, Steve. Oh, oh, Jack Leach. Pitch his own leg, kicks off, bail off. Woohoo! Uh, mental disintegration to yeah. a different, different level. Um, right, well, let, let's, let's hear the Australian perspective. Um, we'll get on the old dog and bone to Dan, who's probably running out of superlatives for Smith. Two hundreds in a Nash's test. This is a club even the Don didn't gain entry to. Yeah, quite unbelievable, and um, uh, I think there were certainly times over the past 12 or so months that um, Steve Smith and uh, the Australian press were at odds, given what had happened in South Africa, but uh, certainly to have him saying that he was speechless was pretty accurate to how we were all feeling about what we'd witnessed, because, yeah, it's... uh, you know, it's it's not something that he's ever done, um, and uh, not something that. Uh, well, I imagine for England's sake, a lot of people over here will be hoping it never happens again. <laughs> well, uh, they certainly got to see plenty of him batting after that long period out of the game. He talked a little bit about how he kind of lost his love for cricket, but it was. Um, I mean, it, it it all come back by the time he got into the middle at Edgbaston. Yeah, that was really intriguing in that um it wasn't when he it wasn't when he had just been suspended. He'd come back, um he'd played some cricket, he'd played in Canada, he'd played in the Bangladesh Premier League, he played club cricket. But it was as recently as January, February this year that he was um yeah, just not feeling uh motivated or, or, or wanting um, to pick up a bat and, and go and play when um, 
uh, he was whenever he was going to be able to after elbow surgery. So that's um, a really uh, yeah unique insight, I suppose, into all the different places that Steve Smith's head went to over the the, the preceding twelve to fifteen months, and then um, yeah, kind of I think. It's almost like he he had to get that far away from the from the game while he was banned from playing for Australia to be able to come back refreshed and renewed. Um, I think that was something that certainly uh, was um, an issue for him leading up to Newlands in South Africa that he was becoming very mentally worn out from the game and from captaincy and all the issues around the game. So to come back refreshed and also come back just as a batsman and just concentrating on hitting a million balls to prepare for Edgbaston. Um, yeah, I, I feel like it's uh, he's not quite come full circle, but it's a, it's a, it's a very nice place for him to be right now. He, he was certainly the, the boy in the batting bubble again. Do you get the sense that he's kind of, he's got that um, you know, the hold over England and he, that he's just sort of picked up again from the last ashes? Well, I think something that um, always interests me about Smith and opponents coming up against him is when you start to see the funky field settings that you know are seemingly meant to correlate to the um, the quirks of his technique. And one of the things that was discussed over the course of the Test match and, and over the course of the many hours that Steve was actually in the middle is that. Um, all these fields get set for him on the basis that you know he likes to play to the leg side, like you know can can hit the ball in the air behind square leg, that kind of thing. But statistically speaking, he gets out nicking to balls in the channel like every other batsman. That is the most likely way to get Steve Smith out. It just doesn't look like it because of the way that he sets up and the movements that he has. So I think that. Um, it's a bit of a battle for England, certainly England's bowlers and Joe Root, between dealing with what Steve Smith looks like as a player and dealing with the fact that he is actually just a batsman like everyone else with an extraordinarily um, idiosyncratic way of doing it. Well, they did get him out nicking off in the end, but he but he scored 140 in that uh, second innings by the time Chris Wokes removed him. Um, they won't get the same headlines as Smith, uh, Dan, but, but Matthew Wade and, and, to a lesser extent, um, Travis Head both made important contributions with the bat uh, in this game. Yeah, absolutely they did. And, and I think um, they showed, as uh, Australian players in previous series where Australia has been successful, um, the value and importance of good counter-attacking batsmen in the middle order um, who come in after, you know, it, it will vary, obviously, innings to innings, how early um, they are out there. But if they get out there with the team having made some sort of a head start, um, they can take advantage of a slight easing of conditions. Um, they can take the attack to the England bowlers and their way forward was obviously simplified by having Steve Smith at the other end. So um, Travis Head certainly was able to benefit from that in terms of um, he, the amount of concentration there was on Smith, I think, meant that at times he got a, he got a bit of um, 
loose stuff, probably also the right-left-hand combination there. Um, and then in the case of Matthew Wade, he, uh, uh, we, you know, we talk about Steve Smith being in a in a in a, in a batting bubble. Uh, Matthew Wade has been in one of his own over the past year or two, scoring oodles of runs in first-class cricket to to earn a way back into the Australian side as a specialist batsman. And really, the innings that he played uh, in the second innings at Edgbaston was sort of a facsimile of most of the hundreds that he's made. He plays in a in a very um, consistent way. Um, his scoring zones are very consistent. His way of, of, of dealing in defence and attack is very consistent because he's reached a place at, at 31 years of age where he knows his game uh, implicitly and um, it's, uh, it's one that's taking quite a bit of thinking for uh, opposition bowlers to work out in, it, in itself. Uh, and, and perhaps it was all the more impressive those contributions, given that the the top order, the the, comp, the well repaired up um, uh, Warner and Bancroft combination, that didn't uh, didn't really come off both times. No, no, and and certainly that'll be something that the Australians need to have a little bit of a think about. Um, in that, um, you know, I wouldn't, I, I can't see them. Uh, for instance, dropping Cameron Bancroft from a winning team so soon after he's come back. But um, there, I think, needs to be real clarity about exactly how the two of them are approaching things. I think Bancroft would have been pretty upset, certainly, to get out the way he did on the first day of the series. Um, That's a ball that, uh, when he's playing well, he would have left alone and shown good judgment um, around the off-stop and kind of had done up to the point that he got out. Um, and as far as David Warner is concerned, um, yeah, to me, uh, it's just not very often that you see him uh, out-edging when he's unsure whether to play or leave. Um, there's usually a great deal of decisiveness about the way that David Warner bats, whether it was decisiveness in attack, as we saw over most of his, his test career before his ban, or as we saw in the World Cup, decisiveness to play in a more modulated style where he's um, uh, he's sort of defending his wicket and waiting for the bowler to, to come to him a bit more. So um, a bit of clarity in, in both of their minds about their, about their roles will be good for Australia, although, as I say, the fact that, uh, the fact that they've gotten to 1-0 and um, have, have done so in a, in a way that um, all goes well for the rest of the series means that um, I suppose there's not quite as much urgency to that conversation as there would be for England's batting line-up at the moment. Yes, indeed. Plenty of talking points there. Um, Australia's bowling uh, took, took 20 wickets. There were significant milestones for Pat Cummins, uh, Nathan Lyon, reaching 100 and 350 test wickets respectively. Um, how did you see the, sort of, uh, the balance of the attack overall and, and would you expect any changes at Lord's? Uh, I think what we can expect is that there'll be a conversation about the shape of the Australian bowling attack before every test, every test match. It certainly won't be a case of we uh, have this attack, it's performed well, we're going to try and keep it together for five tests. Um, that will depend a lot on what the conditions are like at Lords. It's been, um, as we know, it's been it's been a bit of a um, uh, well, as far as batsmen are concerned, a bit of the gallery of the grotesque in terms of some of the pitches um, that have been served up at Lords so far this year. So that's obviously a factor. The weather will be a factor. And the other one is um, the amount of overs that the guys who played the first test have bowled. So something that was 
um, very significant for Australia is that James Pattinson, having bowled close to 30 overs in the first innings of the test, only had to bowl eight overs in the second innings, which means that um, he is... Yeah, he, he is now capable of backing up for the Lord's Test, and that's not necessarily something that um, they thought they would be able to do had the test run, you know, to, to the 90th over on day five. So um, that all of those things will, will be factors. And I, and, and I think as well the, um, uh, the, the slope at Lord's and the, and the vagaries of that, you know, potentially bring Hazelwood or Stark into the game. But something else Australia did do very well was control the scoreboard, limit the flow of boundaries, keep the crowd at Edgbaston relatively quiet, all of those things to play on and prey on the patience of the England batsmen. And um, I think certainly in the case of Mitchell Stark, that's a bit of a factor in do they play him, do they not? Do they bring him in? And if he's not in complete control, he can leak boundaries quite rapidly. So um, all of that's in the mixer, as it were. Well, uh, Australia have a three-day tour match-up next, so um, I guess all those issues will be assessed. Um, Dan, after a week in the Birmingham Bear Pit, we'll leave you to enjoy the quiet tranquility of Worcester. Thanks a lot. Right, well, we've heard there from, from Dan. Um, before, we, before we go on to um, kind of the makeup of teams potentially at Lords, um, Osman, I, I hate to bring this up, but the last time, obviously a great comeback for Australia in this test, the last time uh, that they won from a position of 122 or fewer in the first innings, probably one you remember quite well. Um, Sid, Sydney I, I have wiped this test from my memory, Sydney. it does not exist. Mark Sun won that test and went on to win the test. First in Australia back in 2010. Um, yes. I think, I think to, oh, be, to your man. credit, you even brought this up on, on the first day when uh, Siddle uh, when, was batting. When Peter Siddle was. Uh, because he's that kind of guy. Was, was keeping um, oh, that, that Stephen's company and helping to begin the, the resurrection. Him and Hussey um, against. But yes, 2010. I was, I was at, at working on that game. Right? Really? I was working no on way. that game in. in the studio at, here at, in, at in Sky, England. right? Okay. And we were it, back in the days where you where we had sort of guests. You know, it wasn't just like a gallery yeah. only thing. Yeah. So guests in at the breaks. And I remember it was the start of it was obviously the start of what did it turn out to be the last day, probably the last day or day four. Uh, day, five, day four, day four, day yeah. four right? Yeah. And Australia were were were, were behind. Hussey yeah. was walking out, and, yeah. and I think Charles Carl said to me, yeah. he said, "Okay, so what, what do you do if you're if you're Pakistan this morning?" I said, "I get." Mike Cassie out first ball. Yeah. I said, I don't give him a single. I don't think about anything else. I bring him in and we, and we try and get him out, right? Because if you go the other way, you're leaving yourself into trouble. And kind of like, okay, well, let's get over to our commentators over there. Mohammed boom, Yusuf. they were all, yeah. all on, all the, on the boundary. Like, Literally, oh, no. Mohammed Yusuf had put everyone on the boundary. Yeah, um, everybody on the boundary. And they batted for what? For two hours? Yeah. They, they were, so Australia were effectively 86 for eight. That's at right. the start of that morning. That's right. They, so they had a, a small lead, eight a, down. And they ended yeah. up setting a target of 176. Yeah. Um, and they had been batting so from the previous day. So it wasn't just that, you know, they were... It's just awful. The way Mohamed oh, set so the field. The missed chances. Karman Akmal it dropped almost, twice. It almost looked as... Uh, it just... It, I mean... Well, there was, was there was a lot of there was a lot of talk about I know. that, wasn't there? I know. Because there was some afterwards. extraordinary stuff with run-outs. There was some drop... It was just... I, you know, people, people always threw happening. suspicion and, and shade at Karman Akmal. And I always maintained that, you know, forget the corruption. He was it's just... just incompetence. <laughs> <laughs> he was just crap. And I'll say that. No matter how many others I need to say, he was just crap. I will defend his honour because he's a rubbish cricketer. That's where we were. And this is... And so this has happened again. Although we're 
talking about the first innings of the game, not the not the third not the, and fourth. Not the third yeah, innings, yeah. yeah. So yeah. I mean, you know, there was so Siddle again this time. time. I mean, to... I mean, yeah, Anderson's loss, but you know, Siddle, he is that kind of annoying guy as as a batsman more than a bowler. Who uh, um, uh, Anderson had removed eleven times, I think. Uh, well, there you go. Previously, but was not available to bowl. Jimmy, 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 on Jimmy. This occasion, mm. but uh, and it wasn't like. Um, England missed many particular chances during that partnership. No, he just, he just um, hung around. Or bowled badly at Siddle. He just they did bowl badly. Yeah, he just think. did the right. Just hung around. And did basic and things and well. Smith did Smith stuff. And Smith, like yeah. Smith. I mean, you know, that, that was one of the great innings of, of modern times, at least. Mm. Um, especially the way he batted with Siddle in the, mm. in the tail. It was one of the great kind of, at least, you know, I, I don't want to say greatest or whatever, but in recent years, it's difficult to think of too many innings that, that would have been better than that one, um, given the conditions and circumstance. I think someone on, uh, on commentary brought up Clark um, uh, Cape Town uh, in yeah. 2000, sort of yeah, 2011. 11, that was a great one. Well, yeah. yeah. Australia yeah. then went on and lost that test quite comprehensively, but um, <laughs> yeah, um, uh, that, that, so mm. the parallel <laughs> ended, ended there. Um, one player who we know now won't be involved at Lords is James Anderson, and that seemed pretty mm. pretty much apparent from mm. the way he uh, sort of limped his way out to bat twice. Um, England now have now officially confirmed he has a calf injury, which was kind of the suspicion uh, throughout. <laughs> Obviously, he'd been a doubt before the game, having suffered a calf injury no. while playing for Lancashire. Mm. Um, is the the answer now? We've talked about potential kryptonite for Rain Man being Jack Leach, but is the one man that the competitiveness of the series is hinging on uh, a certain Joffrey Archer? You know it, absolutely. Who is in action today uh, down for, at Blackstone for Sussex Two? Apparently, it's a place. Terrifying. Yeah, we've some... sent Matt Rod to discover whether it is an actual place <laughs> yeah. uh, and and have a look. It's terrifying but the life out of some YTS scheme players. Poor guys. Yeah, more than they bargained for. Look, he's. Um, you know, every, any any batter is going to find mm. find difficulty in a sort of ninety mile an hour plus bloke who ambles up and shoves the ball up your nose from a decent length. I mean, that's just <laughs> yeah. not that's just yeah, not yeah, nice. Those it's just not yeah, pleasant. Yeah. No, um, and um, providing he's you know providing he's got sort of uh, you know three three to four spells of bowling in him twice over the course of a five day test match, then he will be a, a huge plus to England. Mm. Um, you know, I mean, the, I suppose the, the difficulty that they that they had in losing Jimmy Anderson was that Ben Stokes is kind of not really expected to kind of do uh, as a sort of a you know a twenty overs for, for for fifty job, is he? I mean, that's not his not his gig. He's the luxury mm. fourth bowler who suddenly becomes first change. Um, Chris Wokes bowled. Chris Wokes inexplicably didn't get a gig, did he? On on the fourth day until after lunch. What bowled, was that about, by the way? Seven <laughs> overs, I think, in the day. I which, don't know what um, that was all about. He must, he must because have been carrying something. Because he looked, like, he, looked, he looked as likely as anybody to get yeah, wicked, particularly yeah. when you consider how many overs Moeen and Joe Denley exactly bowled between them. Exactly, between them. And, and, um, and, and did remove Smith in the end. As, uh, Who did? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so, I mean, I nicked couldn't, off, as I, Dan said. That's his weakness. I couldn't Let him get 214. And then he'll nick off into the clips. I couldn't work out I couldn't. I had no idea what was going on. I mean, there, he, tactically. He, he has had a long-standing knee injury, which kind of was nursed through the World Cup. I mean, he's so playing the test. If, you know, yes, like, if he's being nursed he's through a test, then that's, yeah. that yeah. seems to I be mean, a different so, level. So, Absolutely. I mean, that's that's something that we don't we don't know. And we can't speculate on. But sort of tactically, there were there were one or, one or two slightly bizarre things that happened um, in the test match. And so, yeah. So you bring you bring Joffre in. 
Ben goes back to being a sort of guy that you bring on to, to shock people with the with the mm. odd spell, as opposed to being somebody who's actually a genuine part of your bowling attack. And Leach, I think, will come in. I mean, I don't know. I, I think he will, and I think he should come in for all the reasons that we explained earlier. Will be somebody that that Joe can lock an end down with. Yeah. You know, that's yeah. that's ne- Moen's never been able to do that. We've I don't know how many times <laughs> we've discussed it on here, but that's not he can't do that. That's not his. He can uh, take lots and lots of wickets very very quickly and bowl teams out. You know, when it when it comes down to knocking teams over very quickly, as can happen in England and as we've done to people over the years, then Moen's your man. Yeah. But any time yeah. you get into normal Test match cricket where you're expecting the game to go for four and a half days, he's not your guy. Is he's he? not your guy because he just does not give you enough control if he's not taking hat-tricks. No, I mean, I mean, he was, doesn't he, that sound bizarre? But that's the, tr- it's, it's it's the true, truth. It's true. It's the truth. Hat-tricks I mean, he was bowling. Ball, there, was some, yeah. there was some rippers that he bowled, yeah. but he just doesn't bowl enough of them in, in, no. in a row. And, and the um, thing is, is your, your, your normal, your regular sort of professional spin bowler, unless they're Shane Warne or Murray, doesn't spend yeah, their time bowling yeah, incredible wicket-taking deliveries. They spend their time setting batsmen up, bowling 20-over spells, Going at two runs and over, giving the captain yeah, control, yeah, yeah. and then and then Locking doing what Lyon did yeah. in the in the last innings when yeah, the conditions yeah. are favourable to you, you win the, win you the game. That's yeah. as far as I can recall, and as much as uh, the times they are a changing, um, <laughs> hey. the, the role of a, the role of a spin bowler has been that since since, <laughs> since the, the game started. The royalty, sure. <laughs> you know, for for, uh, for Bob Zimmerman, yeah. Not for me. <laughs> um, but but that's it, isn't it? I, you know, people. God, I don't know how many times I have to kind of go into this, but people feel that the game has changed to such an extent that. Things like that don't matter anymore, but of course they, but they do. Yeah, yeah, of course, of course. <laughs> well, um, um, lies, damn lies, and statistics. We've talked about it before the test, but Moeen remains over the last highest twelve months yep. the, the highest wicket taker yep. in Test cricket. Absolutely. Who do you think is next? Next behind him on the list. Wait, last twelve months. Yep. Uh, who would have played? Um, well, he had a good test. Nathan Lyon. Nathan, Nathan Lyon. Lyon. Yeah, um, and uh, whilst. Uh, Moeen has taken uh, 48 wickets in 10 tests, uh, averaging 25. Good. Economy is 3.57. Uh, Lions, 46 wickets in 9 tests, averaging 29, but the economy of 2.63, so almost a run and over mm. wow. better. Uh, yeah, he gives you, like like what you're saying, he gives you that control from one end, doesn't he? And then your, your pacers at the other end can do what they want. <laughs> yeah. And but he's, if he's conceding I mean, runs, then you have to work well, out ways of... England, Australia have, have done this since since the war on days or whatever. They've kind of made a four-man attack the, the, yeah. the way to go, right? Which yeah. means that you can you can have your wicketkeeper batsman at seven and you can play mm. an extra batter, whatever yeah. it is. And sometimes it, it, you feel as though that puts unnecessary pressure on the three-man pace attack, but it kind of doesn't if you've got a spin If you've got somebody like Lyon, what Lyon yeah. can do. I mean, they, they did have to resort to bowling Matthew Wade, let's not forget, on, on, <laughs> on, on the, uh, on the second yeah, yeah. day, which yeah. suggests that England were close to pushing them to kind break of out of that them. country. Yeah, I mean, yeah. But, you know, and a, and, a, and, a team, and a team with a sort of a more assured and a more informed and a perhaps less frazzled um, uh, batting lineup would have made them pay for that. Mm. But you know, I mean, it's, Joss at five is kind of like he's not unimpeachable. There is still a question mark about his his sort of. There's no question mark over his genius, but there's still perhaps a question mark over his longevity in terms of scoring <laughs> volumes of runs as a as a as a batsman only batting as high as number five. He has a sort Dem- of unique he's number. He's had a good test year though, hasn't he? Yeah, yeah. Like, no, I, can, I'm not, but yeah, I know. What I you don't mean. dispute I know any what of that. Mean, yeah. it's, it's like yeah. me. It's like me sort of saying that Moeen Ali's been a terrible cricket player. Yeah, he yeah, hasn't, but it's just. You know, there is all. You can see chinks there, like correct. if if a team a and good so, bowling attack wanted to explode. So, so, for example, right? So, the, say for example, it had been 
um, it had been Denley and Burns went mm. out to bat in the first innings, okay, and they got off to a reasonable yeah, sort of yeah, start that, yeah. that England did. It wasn't anything spectacular. And then Joe Root went in at number three, um, or, or, or Jason Roy went in at number three under those circumstances, and then have, England, having given themselves a bit of a platform, Joe, their best player walks to the crease, yes. right? The, the game changed, there's changed a little bit there. Joe had to go out there and kind of put out the fire and then got out yeah. himself, didn't he? Kind of. So Joe had to go out and bat in a way that he's, I think it was only his, his second, was it second slowest or something? Test match 50 or something like that. Yeah, it was, um, it was very restrained. Yeah, no, okay. no boundaries. So having battled, having England sort of battled their way into, into a sort of <coughs> position where things were going okay, then the next man that walks out there you know, for for India that would have been Virat Kohli, for Australia it would have been yeah. Steve Smith, etc., etc. Joe Denley walks out there. Again, no respect to Joe, but yeah, but Joe yeah, Denley walks out there. Yeah, right? there's followed followed by uh, followed by um, yeah, by Joss, who still who still be suffering from a and, sort, and sort and of a World Cup ha- hangover. Uh, Johnny yeah. looks like he's he's got you know he's just been drinking brandy ever since. Um, you know, just, <laughs> you know. The, so so it's 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 Best difficult to find some enemies. It's really he really needs to quickly think up some enemies. It and, is very very <laughs> tough. Well, um, he might not be short of them if he, uh, <laughs> keeps, <laughs> he keeps making single-figure scores. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but phew, what do you do? It's, it's, Joffre, one, te- it's one test match. Joffre's <coughs> predicted somewhere. One test match he? that we were on. Joffre's t- tweeted about Smith somewhere. In his, yeah. in time <laughs> we were on top for three, and half, three, three days of a test match and, and, and lost by 250 runs. And that's well, down uh, Which uh, I don't uh, know whether that's supposed to make you feel better or worse. Well, let's take the positives in time on a fashion. Um, Rory Burns had an excellent uh, game. Yeah, excellent. And, yeah. uh, uh, I mean, a maiden hundred. A um, um, lot of doubts about him going in mm. after uh, a couple of uh, failures at Laws Against Ireland. Uh, and he also became one of the uh, few men, I think the tenth, to battle on all five days of the test, which is, <laughs> is right? perhaps the greatest accolade of the lot. Quirky stats. Very Gotta good, very good. Oh, not to mention the control percentage. Yeah, so I, I, I did yeah, see your tweet, Butch. Yeah, 76% <laughs> control percentage there, my friend. Okay. I mean, you know, so, the, 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 so we're saying he the, perhaps had a little bit of luck. Well, but yeah, I mean, you could see that by watching. That. He, he, had a, he had a little bit. Twenty-five percent of. And now uh, we gave you a number. What's your problem? With that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just, we you gave know, you a number of luck. So what? <laughs> I mean, you know, you could have, you could you could bat for twenty-five balls. Hit every twenty-four of them in the middle of the bat and get out for naught. I mean, it's just the most pointless. One hundred percent true. One hundred percent true. Statistic, and you, it's one of those. No, things. I think it quantifies. You know, no, I tell you what, it does. It makes people who don't really understand the game very well feel like they understand the game better we will take this up on another podcast <laughs> yeah, I think so we will take this up on another <laughs> is podcast is this completely uh, control percentage <laughs> so 133 yeah, we didn't say he didn't, he didn't get but, those. But jobs, you could right? have said that by just saying he didn't. You know, no, he wasn't the most no, fluent innings you've ever seen, and leave it at that. Some people want the numbers. Yeah, no, <laughs> and I, I'm glad. I, I'm glad I don't have to You're sit next to him on a, on a tra- long train journey. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's all about the numbers, and we like we like numbers yeah, yeah, here. Yeah, yeah, right, sure. um, but I mean, a bit like Smith, Burns is a is a triumphal uh, unorthodoxy. Mm. Uh, can we just can we just straight out call that style? Not pretty instead of unorthodox. <laughs> I mean, that is yeah. that is a weird. Well, stance, come up with right? a number for it. Perhaps I, I hadn't like I hadn't noticed how is weird. Okay. 80, on a scale of one to ten of not pretty, that is like a hundred. Yeah, um, I like I I had I knew of him and I had mm. like seen him in highlights and stuff, mm. but I didn't realize quite how weird and bordering on Chandrapal territory mm. that stance is. That is a strange. Like his head, it, the mm. way it kind of juts out. It, well, he does. He's, he does a um, does deliberate sort of 
He's jerk towards midwicket, doesn't he, to get his left eye dominant, dominant left eye bizarre, on the ball. Man, that dominant. is a bizarre, it's a miracle, it's a miracle that but he can play as he does. Two with that the two blokes with the worst techniques in the world have just scored with the worst, worst setup test match. <laughs> he, look, he doesn't look in any position to play any stroke when that bowler mm. is running in. And yet, he has, he has a decent drive, actually. When he, when, he gets yeah. one, when he gets a drive through cover, he actually has a decent mm-hmm. drive. He can play. Um, I mean, look. Uh, ass he, up, he can, uh, he can, head down, he I think. He can score the, runs. Is the one. This is, is what the he mantra. does. Yeah. Um, yeah. He's, he's, and he's been he, doing it for years, right? He's been doing right? it for a long or? time. Um, you know, and, and fair play to him because he would have been under huge amount of pressure. Mm, absolutely. In that yeah, first yeah. Innings, as, as all of England's sort of top three or four were. Um, and so I can't be anything but, but overjoyed for him that he's mm. kind of... That he's actually he's proven to people that even though it, it looks like um, you know like, <laughs> like, a, like an octopus in a blender, it kind of well. Really I was going to say it's the Paul Adams of, of yeah, batting, yeah, isn't it? it, it this he, one. he scores Oof. runs and he's able to to cope with it. Now, hopefully, that will, will will take some of the tension out of him for the for the next time that he can actually go out there and play. Um, you, you know, sl- because you know, the, gripping the bat real tight and sort of jerky yeah, movements yeah. and stuff are accentuated by mm. by nerves and not feeling like you're, um, you know, y- you belong. So, hopefully, that might sort of relax him a bit and things won't be quite so so torturous. But if he scores runs doing it, then in- the, the rest of the England lineup won't give it a monkeys and uh, and neither should that, anybody else. He's got to get rid of that goatee though. That's like that's the worst. <laughs> <line>. <laughs> he's, his, his batting talent. I mean, he's got to get rid of that. Abby's, uh, just uh, not uh, working. I mean, uh, I, I don't wish to cast aspersions on anyone's facial hair, but uh, his <laughs> yes, his, ba- his, uh, his uh, uh, back catalogue of hairstyles. Aha, uh, mm. uh, uh-huh, it's impressive. Isn't it? I, I think history. the top knot you'd be interested in. Top Osman. knot, yeah. yeah. What is the top? What is that? Sort of like. A, oh no way! Like yeah, yeah, yeah. Really? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like it, sort of like. Um, uh, He's got a bat in one of those. <laughs> He's got a bat in one of those. He has to. <laughs> Ninja style. Yeah. Um, interesting. <laughs> yeah, yes. we, we'll come to, back to that. Uh, clearly. Um, it's like a man bun gone wrong. Yeah, style. You know, and this mm. test can confirm style is here, neither here nor there. Substance, substance yeah. is what we're all about. Mm. Um, one other factor that, that could have had a greater bearing on the match um, had it not been for the uh, the system put in to, ah. to override it, the DRS, no. uh, the standard of the umpiring. Um, Joe Wilson, in particular, had a tough test with eight decisions overturned. He's due to be the third umpire uh, at Lords and then back on the field at Headingley. Um, mm. But a problem here Oz, is that the ICC are limited for options. Only seven mm. of the 12 elite umpires uh, are... Well, not. seven of the 12 are English or Australian, so yeah. only yeah. five yeah. are not. Yeah, yeah I mean, it's, it's difficult. You know, I, I, I have constantly... like it, it really bugs me how protective the ICC is of its umpires. Um, and I think it, it makes it worse for them because... You know, when they make these kind of mistakes, and a lot of them are high-profile. You know, Ashes is about as high-profile a test as you can get outside of an India test. And the World Cup final, where Kumar Dharmasena, you know, made a couple of decisions that were questioned. And the less the ICC talks about them, and the more it kind of hides their, their uh, you know, their, their, they, have their, they have their own internal assessment sheets. That's, they get 90% They get 97% of the decisions right. And one decision is like, you know, the boundary yeah. ball, which they, 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 they signal the boundary correctly, and they get that right. <laughs> Um, I just feel like if they were a bit more open about this process and if they were willing to pull down umpires from the pedestals that they have put them on as some moral arbiters or guardians of the spirit of a game, they're not. They're just bloody referees, <laughs> essentially, who are wearing white or red now for some sponsorship reasons or whatever. <laughs> um, they're human beings. Make them human beings. Let them, you know, let them be... 
Let them be discussed. Let them be scrutinized. Let them talk about their mistakes. I mean, you know, if if we didn't hide the fact that Joel Wilson and Aleem Dar were really crap in this test match, and that Aleem Dar probably <laughs> has umpired four years more than he should have done, really, because the last time he was a consistently good umpire was four years ago, pretty much. Mm-hmm. And you know, he's been struggling since. That says something about the ICC system of bringing out umpires. The, the, well. the ICC sort of rankings, they're top umpires, and that. You know, uh, Kumar Messina won the Umpire of the Year award. Richard, Richard <laughs> yeah. Kettleborough and etc. The guys who are not allowed to, to officiate yeah. in yeah, this yeah. series. I mean, the thing is, is, you've got you've now got in place. You've got all of the systems in order to help out the best decisions yeah. being made, right? Yeah. So fortunately, because of DRS, the guys had a that had a bad a bad week, and um, it didn't really make a great deal of difference. You know, the the technology sorted it out. Yeah. So if you if you take that on to the next stage, and you say, well. The technology will sort out any issues you might have with feeling that, that yeah, English that umpires or Australian or umpires yeah, yeah. shouldn't be officiating in Ashes Test matches because, the, you know, the, the, the technology will yeah. straighten that out too. And, you know, there's no... I, I am very, very... Un, I'm much more uncomfortable with the idea that people think that, bi- that umpires are going to be biased towards one team, team than the other than I am with having, you know, Pakistani umpires umpiring in Pakistan conditions and, and Indian umpires in Indian conditions mm. and English and Australian and English Australian conditions. That that I'm more than comfortable with. I mean, I'm not the, comfortable with the idea that people think that they will be biased if they do so. They're still yeah. allowed to home umpires in ODIs. In ODIs, still, yeah. You know, I mean, okay. yeah, neutrality was a great idea when, when it came about. I think it was needed at that time mm. because of the way the umpiring was. But, you know, like Pritch says, you, you've got DRS now. You've got systems in place to ensure that that kind of thing will be minimised. And yeah. I don't think any umpire who comes up now... And, comes and up with any kind of affiliations that way anyway. And to, and to be perfectly honest with you, the, 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 it's the perception from the outside of bias as opposed yeah. to the reality yeah. of yeah, it. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, you're doing it in order to kind of persuade the fans that everything is on the other That path. everything is kosher, but, essentially. You know, in the same way that, that, <laughs> that sort of in domestic cricket in England, you're still making decisions or calls about sort of um, you know, tosses and heavy rollers and mm. things like that. A little nod to George there. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, in, in an era when you've got pitch liaison officers, you've got people there yep. to kind of arbitrate against um, bad surfaces, etc., etc., penalties that can be put in place for all of that. So you don't need the other stuff. Mm. You just let, the ga- let people play the game. And in the same way with the umpires, you don't, because of the technology, because of the way that we have of being able to reach the right decision more often than not, you don't have to do anything yeah. but place the best umpires yeah. in, uh, in the series in which they deserve to be in. Which is you Also, know, they're, they're employed by the ICC now. They're not employed <laughs> by home boards anymore. Sure. So you know, if, if you're on the ICC panel of umpires, and if yeah. you start acting up and you start kind of, you know, favoring one team over another, <laughs> yeah, you're going to be like, uh, okay, you're fired. <laughs> oh, well, <laughs> ideally. Maybe. <laughs> maybe, maybe ideally. not. But, you know, ideally that would be the way, right? Because yeah. the ICC is a neutral body in all this. So, I mean, you know, it's one of the last bastions of an older kind of era of cricket mm. where you, you needed that. But I think now with the advances they've made, they can probably just afford to bring in the best umpires for, yeah. you know, the biggest games or whatever. It shouldn't matter. Um, whether it's Australia England playing, if you've got the best umpire there, you've got the best umpire there. And I, I think, you know, it, it's just, it didn't, like you say, it didn't make a difference to the result, I don't think, but it was just, it, it was cringe watching some and of the decisions. The thing is, it actually made, you know? it puts an enormous, it puts so much more pressure on those, on those humans, yeah, those absolutely. individuals going absolutely. forward. You know, they, because, as you said, only five of the elite panel are able to, to work on this yeah. five match series in six weeks. Which means that those those two poor beggars are going to have to do at least another two or three each. Yeah, aren't they? absolutely. 
Um, when I just wish the ICC would be more open about this as well. Yeah. Just talk, just say that, okay, they had a bad game. Let them speak, maybe, and they can explain why they had a bad game. Yeah. You know, There's a lot of things that go on out there that we still don't kind of see from the outside. Um, that Just affect as well. umpires as well. <laughs> that affects umpires as well. Um, you know, I, I saw a photograph. One great example was I saw a photograph um, uh, of how difficult it is for umpires to call no balls from on the field. Mm. There's a couple of photographs of bowlers who bowl very front on and the way their front mm. leg and back legs are positioned. It's almost impossible. But, you know, as a, as a viewer... You don't know this. Mm. You have no idea. So you're just blaming the umpire, saying, well, you didn't call that no ball. But if the ICC was more open about these kind of little quirks and bringing them out, I think people would appreciate umpires a little bit more. Well, there you go. That's uh, going straight back to Jeff Allardyce. I'm sure he's a listener. Finally, one thing everyone is talking about now was um, Australia top of the World Test Championship. 20, hey! 24 points Four clear. Points. Can anyone, Give them the trophy now. Can anyone catch them? It's terribly exciting, isn't it? It's 24 points ahead of everyone else. <laughs> <laughs> That's <laughs> what they'll all be talking about the first morning at Lords. Until... India wins their first test against the West Indies, which I think will give them 60 points. Is it only a two-match <laughs> right? series? It's only a two-match series. Right, there we go. So they'll be ahead of them Bingo. very soon. Huge, that's huge such a big game, then, isn't it? It's, you know, massive. Isn't big game? it's massive. It's all on that game. I hadn't really thought about that, um, but now, now it's all I can think about. Uh, and and uh, just a, a quick word, but one person who won't be sadly participating in the World Test Championship is Dale Stain, who uh, chose yesterday to drop his announcement that he is retiring from Good test cricket. So, um, Legend. Uh, I'm sure... I, I was, I was there. His first, his first test match. Oh, that series. When he got made born his, with that. He made his debut at... Is that the one? Oh, where are we? Where are we? Where are we? Port Elizabeth. Port Elizabeth. Yeah, Port Elizabeth. Is that the Vaughan Magic Ball? 2004. Um, I was. Yes, right? yes I think it was. He got him out like that about four times <laughs> in his career, actually. It was kind of like he just seemed to save up that delivery to Vaughan. Um, but yeah, yeah, absolute legend of the game. Plays a decent guitar, too. Or at least he's teaching himself, anyway. And skateboards and surfs. And yeah, I mean, he's just a dude. And fancies test cricket over other sports. Um, he's, it, it sounds like he's the opposite of Steve Smith. Yeah, uh, <laughs> he has that life outside the game. Plenty going on. Fancy that. <coughs> well, I think that's pretty much covered us uh, for our Ashes chat this week. Sadly, no time to go into the World Cup uh, again. <laughs> um, but we want that again. We'll, we'll, we'll leave you. <laughs> we, we could pick it. I'll leave you pondering uh, how to dismiss Stephen Smith, the riddle wrapped in an enigma, wrapped in a baggy green. Answers on a postcard on a tweet or preferably slipped under the door at England's team hotel uh, my, thanks, to do it. <laughs> my thanks to Butch and Osmond <laughs> and to you all for tuning in to the Switch It podcast on ESPNCrickInfo.com Switch It